This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Well, hello, friends. Thank you all so much for the love of the last podcast, which was our big number 100. Thank you so much for being such great listeners and giving us feedback and interacting in our Facebook group, The Ops Insiders. I just absolutely love what I am able to do. And obviously, I couldn't do it without your listenership. So thank you, thank you, thank you. As promised, we are back with another episode, episode number 101. And I have a peer and a friend on the podcast with me today. I think you're going to absolutely love it. I enjoyed every single minute of our interview. As we were talking, I I had to mute myself because I kept finding that I wanted to interrupt and add because we have such similar experiences. And I know that our experiences very much mirror the experiences that you all have because I hear from you all the time. So our guest is Hallie Agastinelli, and she's the founder of Virtual Matters, which is a company that's serving online business communities through remote assistance. She's also the co-founder of Launch Leaders Academy, where she mentors and trains other VAs on how to build a solid profitable VA business. Prior to starting her own business, Hallie had over 30 years in the traditional workforce, including powerhouse companies like Wells Fargo Home Mortgage and BNI, a global networking organization. She credits her love for extreme client care to her first job with Marriott Hotels and Resorts. Today, Hallie is talking about that special ingredient that makes her shine and stand out to her clients. As she has expanded, she's taken a really good look at herself to understand what makes her different. That meant that she reached out and asked a few of her clients who were referring to her, who were coming back to her over and over. And what she came back with was that she goes beyond the checklist. And I know so many of you guys are doing that right now. At the end of the day, we want to make sure that we are referable, that we are taggable in Facebook groups, that people want to come to us and stick with us for a really long time. So as a director of operations, this is key to that recurring revenue. It's the key to not having to spend more money on marketing. So I invite you guys to listen to this podcast with my friend, Hallie. This is going to show you how to keep your clients for life and also go beyond that checklist. But first, a word from our sponsors. Hey friends, as operators and service providers, one of our key roles is to keep the ship sailing for the businesses that we support. And a core component to that is documenting systems and processes. Oftentimes, this is the one way we can become an invaluable asset to the businesses. 
Because as you know, our visionary CEOs that we support, they don't really have the interest in doing this themselves, but they know it has to get done to scale their business, to expand their teams, to create efficiencies, and you become the engine behind that. There are lots and lots of ways to document processes, but I want to share with you a powerful tool that I have used and I think you're going to love too. That is Sweet Process. Here's just a few reasons why I think it is a great tool for us to use. First of all, it allows us to create systems and processes, and then we can turn those into step-by-step instructions, even in a to-do list fashion, which I know we love. This allows us to assign the responsible employee or contractor to every step, and it minimizes the handholding that you'll have to do. This creates a system, and it also helps you to manage this more effectively. Another perk is that you will have a centralized place where everyone who works on your team, whether that's an employee, a contractor, a VA, everyone can access your procedures, your processes at any time from any device. So the best way for you to understand if Sweet Process would work for you is to start using it. So the company offers a 14-day free trial and What we're going to do, since you're a loyal listener here at the Ops Authority Podcast, you get to access this for 28 days, almost an entire month free of charge. Why don't you head on over there, give it a try, go to sweetprocess.com forward slash ops authority, and you can start your 28-day free trial today. You don't even have to put a credit card in to get you started. I look forward to hearing what each of you guys do with this incredible tool called Sweet Process. Alrighty, Hallie, I am so excited to have you here. Not only are you a dear friend and a peer in this space, but I'm so excited for my community to get to learn from you. I know when they come here to the Ops Authority podcast, they are, you know, they're learning from the journey because I have gone before them or at least have done something a little bit differently ahead of where they're going. And so they come here because they are on the same journey that you and I have been on, which is at, you know, turning our service providership into learning and opportunity opportunity and leading the way for other people. And so I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast today. We're going to talk about how we can really separate ourselves from the crowd because everyone who's listening here is an expert in their own right. They have a body of knowledge that they're so good at sharing. And we always want them to move one step higher, closer to who it is that they want to be. Part of that, I know that you have the solution for, and that's in really catering to your clients and giving and delivering an exceptional client experience. But before we get to that, I would love for you to kind of share with our listeners exactly how you got to this place. Yeah, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm I'm really honored to be on such a, an amazing podcast with an audience that I know is just really wanting to be the best version of themselves in their own life, but then also how they're providing the service to their clients. And it's just nice to be amongst like-minded people. So I really wanted to thank you as we start for having me on. I kind of want to set the stage for where this came up because this topic that I'm talking about kind of was one of those accidental, like, oh my gosh, this is a talk on a podcast type thing, right? So to set the stage, this is not meant in any kind of ego way at all, because you'll learn as I talk that you have to remove the ego sometimes when you're when you're in the roles that we serve, right? But everywhere I've worked in my career, I seem to have advanced faster than expected or stood out or won some award. You know, Marriott Hotels, I was a manager in a year and a half. 
when I started at BNI, I was just like her assistant. And within six months, I was the area director running the region. And, you know, so everywhere you go and you notice, you know, why am I elevating so fast? What sets me apart? I just kind of worked hard. I never really thought too much about it. And most recently, um, during COVID, I say I have a COVID business, like, you know, it's like my baby, right? That was birthed during COVID. Mm -hmm. But during COVID, I started as a virtual assistant with just one part-time client that I had with my full-time job. And then I saw the opportunity during COVID to kind of expand on that. And within a year, I went from one client to now I have a multiple six-figure virtual assistant business specializing in launch support. So I thought this is, it made me pause. Like, this is another example of, you know, every time I do something, it just, it goes really well when I put my hard work, but I hate the saying, go the extra mile for your client, because that's so vague, right? You hear that all the time, right? Go the extra mile, do extra, be awesome. Customer experience is key, but what does that really mean? And I recently had a client that couldn't book me for a launch and just tried to piecemeal it on her own. And she came back to me and said, I just can't describe why it's different with you, but it is. And I definitely need you back for the rest of the year. Let me pre-book you. And I, she said, I said, what is it different? Like, tell me what's different. Because then my mind started thinking like, okay, maybe this will all, you know, I'll figure this out. Why is this different? Because I just do what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And she said, I think you just do more. And I said, I think I go beyond the checklist. And she said, that's it. And that's why I said, I got goosebumps. Like that's my story, right? So that means to me, either giving some advice or direction or another idea for strategy or something else above and beyond what's in the scope of work, not meaning that I go scope creep crazy. I mean, just like those little nuances and things that they're like, I never thought about. That's amazing. Or you have my back in a way that others have not. So as I really started to dissect this, I came up with a list of things that I feel set me apart from others and allow me to go beyond the checklist with my clients. And then they just don't see themselves doing a launch without me in the future. They're not techie stuff, right? So that was something that really stood out to me. These are all soft skills. And I know when you and I spoke about this, you're like, I love this topic because that really is key. Yes. So soft skills. Let me just touch on all of this. I mean, how serendipitous is it that you and I have found each other? We share so much of the same passion for serving. And I think that is that is the soft skill that we're talking about today is, and it is the differentiator between us and maybe a competitor or somebody else on the team. And it allows us to step into leadership and I know as lots of people here who are looking at becoming a director of operations or just the best service provider that they can possibly be, we tell ourselves that we don't have the right pedigree. We don't have 15,000 years in corporate America. We don't have this or that. And one of my biggest messages comes down to who is it that you were meant to be? And I think you and I both have that history of, you know, various work experiences. And in looking at all those different experiences that we had, none of them, maybe not for you, but at least for me, they were very, very diverse, right? We had nursing, we had healthcare, we had academia, we had HR, project management. If I look backwards, it makes no sense <laughs> that I should be here today. But when I take back the structure that I thought I had to have, maybe that was the prerequisites, I guess. Mm -hmm. When you strip those prerequisites away, and you look specifically at your skill set, like the way that you were designed, that God made you, those innate skills that we were born with, 
those are the ones that come the easiest to us. And I found in my own journey, I was resistant to those because I didn't think those were enough. I thought I needed something else. I thought I needed a different mentor or a specific title, or I mean, you can insert whatever it is there, but that was all a limiting belief. When I did the hard work, just like you have, and I stripped back, what is it that makes Natalie go beyond the checklist? What is it that makes Natalie that much better? Why do people come to me? Why have I been able to create a referral-based business? And have it generate multiple six figures for me. I think you and I have that exact same thing. It came down to those soft skills and the gift of service Mm -hmm. and delivery, which I I remember, you know, stepping into this space, you know, six years ago, even five years ago, I was shocked that people weren't doing what I was doing. I was Mm -hmm. shocked that the turnover was so crazy and insane. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing it because I was leading these teams, not only in my own business, but as I was partnering with clients and helping them build their teams, I would see people just flipping over just like this. And it really, what you're talking about today is going to help our listeners so much. And I know the ladies that are listening today are high achievers, just like us. They are getting comfortable and I hope you and I can help them to just get more comfortable with tuning in to what truly makes them different. It's already wired within them. And hopefully through this and the tips that you're going to share, they're going to be able to trust themselves that much more and build even bigger, stronger, higher revenue-based businesses. So Hallie, thank you so much for sharing your story. I can't wait to get into the good content here. Go ahead and take us. Yeah, I'm going to dive in in two seconds. But what I wanted to mention, and I forgot in the intro is I never finished college. And I went to Florida State and I didn't finish. And then my daughter went. Every time I went to visit the school, to see her, to whatever, the flood of embarrassment, you know, it's one of those like, gosh, I didn't do this. And I didn't realize for years how much I carried that with me in business. So I know exactly what you're you're speaking of. We think we need to have all these quote qualifications or whatnot to be successful. And the themes of what I have noticed over the years in all my various careers, Marriott Hotels, the mortgage industry, B&I, now this, like I thought I am the best number two you could ever want in an organization. And I found such pride in that. And when I realized that it didn't matter what degree I had, it didn't matter, you know, if I had a master's or this or that, you know, that, and I just let that go and really focused on just high quality service. So if any of you can relate to that, you're not alone. And that imposter syndrome will get you every time. And it's just good to be an awareness of it and then focus on your talents, like you said. So the number one thing that I say helps me go beyond the checklist is empathy is my superpower. If I could pick one out of all of these that I'm going to give you, that would be the main one. So empathy is my superpower means I feel like the client's work is my work in the fact that I care so much about it going well, that it's not like, did I do a good job for you or whatever? Did the outcome for the client go well? Like I'm invested, you know, after I do an onboarding call with a client and I'm learning about their goals and dreams and what the process is, like I'm all in, right? So I care to a level that is probably, you know, not seen a lot. And empathy is a skill that can be learned. Right. So some people think you're either empathetic or you're not. I don't mean it in that way. You can really put yourself in the shoes of your client because sometimes as assistants or virtual assistants or ops people, we get irritated if the client is like edgy or starting to micromanage. And I always pause there and think, what's going on with them? 
is there something else at play? And that's the empathy coming into play. So caring about the project, but also pausing to see what's going on with my client and their business and how is that affecting this project or process that we're working on and workflow. And then just talking about it openly with the client solves 99% of the issues. And it all comes from the place of being empathetic. Now, your strength is also your weakness, I think, in life. Like, are you a systematic person, if you're married to someone who's like, go with the flow, that could be a weakness, right? So sometimes this hypersensitivity of an empathetic person, you take things personally. And that's something I'm going to talk about down further is there is a balance of being super empathetic and sensitive to the situation, your client be all in on your project, but also not taking things personally. So when there is a problem, you don't take it personal. Then yes. that is a hard one for a super sensitive, empathetic person to do. So that goes along with ownership, which is my I was next just one. gonna say ownership so, is the empathy mm-hmm. and ownership. Like I think ownership can help you to define that. I it bet can. you're gonna go right there. Yeah. So ownership for days. So empathy is my superpower and ownership for days. They go hand in hand. And if someone is unhappy with you, Get defensive for 45 seconds, set a timer, I don't know, call a friend, (laughs) vent about it for a minute and then move on and look to the solution and see what your part is in it. So if a client is micromanaging me on a launch, I do get irritated because all of us high high quality support people don't like to be micromanaged. And I'm going to say that as a blanket statement, right? If we don't like to be, that's a hot button for all of us. But I make myself pause and take ownership for the situation that I'm in and thinking, what could I be doing better to make them feel calm, confident, trust in me, to have them know I got this. And if I do need you, I promise I'll reach out. Or are you doing something that can be corrected? Or is it just, they just need to have another talk? Yeah, I always say that a high-performing director of operations does everything they can in the first 30 days Mm -hmm. to create two-way communication. And that's where the ownership, right? So yes, we're going to, we're going to have feedback. We should. I mean, we want to continuously develop and acclimating to different people's businesses is going to be different with every single client, Mm -hmm. the complexity, the team, the types of projects, et cetera, et cetera. But when we create two-way communication, it helps them, both of us, to be able to give that candor. One of my big values or one of my key values is candor with kindness. And if we can speak candidly and be kind at the exact same time, and I expect that of both parties, not just me, but also Mm -hmm. them, the ownership piece opens up for me. It also allows me to show up empathetic. And I agree, empathy and all the fills, right? I I can be very, very invested in a business Mm -hmm. and it can feel like mine because I connect so easily. Now, if I ever get on a discovery call and I'm like, eh, is there a question mark if I connect? It's just not, I can't make it connect after that for me. But I just, I wanted to add there that that ownership and being able to have that two-way communication are, are really pivotal. And I bet that that's been helpful for us, both of us to be able to receive feedback and also give it. Yeah. I feel like when I receive that kind of feedback that feels negative or feels micromanaged or feels questioning, I just state like, it sounds like you're not sure about this process, or it sounds like you're worried. I'm not getting these things done. I am. And here's how we can communicate that. Or is this communication not okay for you? I am getting these things, you know, so you just kind of, when you just say, it sounds like this is what's going on. 
I could do a better job at bringing you in the loop or communicating with you, or maybe the way we decided to communicate isn't really working for you. Let's go over to Slack or let's do a text, like whatever, you know what I'm saying? So I think when you come at it from that point of view, the client is just blown away because they're coming at you in an eh, and you've just like dissolved it and gone right to solution. So that is a huge one for me when I think what sets me apart. What does that mean going beyond the checklist? And that was one of the things that I really, when I was dissecting how I interact with my clients, that was a big one. So another one is angling for a better way. So any systems person, I don't know, my mind, when it's done, like what could be done differently? What could be done better? Each launch I do, what could I add to my checklist? What could I add to my spreadsheet? What system could we do instead of, was there something clunky that could be improved? And I take the ego out of the process. So it's not the person, it's the process, right? So I'm always looking for a better way, a better solution, an improved method to do something. And that is not very common in the world of the support role for uh, for ops or VAs. They're just kind of going, they're checking it off, getting it done and moving to the next thing. And there's something in me that pauses and think, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about that? Right? So I think that is something definitely unique in what could set you apart when you're dealing with clients compared to them working with someone else. Absolutely. And I don't like to overcomplicate tech. I don't mean add another program or add another software. I just mean in systems. And, And I think the client really appreciates that. Say we're done with this one. We're going to do this next one. How could we, let's debrief. Let's talk about what we could do better next time. So that's a big one too. Now there's a, there's a phrase, the word hustle has a negative connotation these days, right? Oh, we don't have to hustle. We could work. What is it like a four hour work week? They say, (laughs) yes, if that exists, I don't know about that work week, but (laughs) they say it happens. But I think lately there's this opinion out there in the world that you, you could just like, manifested into reality and hustle now is bad. And I do agree that we don't want to burn ourselves out. We don't want to work all the time and be available to our clients all the time. You need time to rest and recharge. That's not what I mean by hustle. But what what sets me apart is I'm not afraid of hard work and I bust my butt to get it done. So there are some nights when I have to work till one o'clock in the morning on a client job because something popped up that wasn't expected I didn't quote properly in my scope and I have to do a little extra work on my own. Like there's an element to when I'm working for a client that it doesn't matter how long something takes, it needs to be done the right way. And I work my butt off to get that to happen. So I do understand this like need to have a well-balanced health and wellness and family life, but there's a hustle that you have to do in order to really accomplish this level of service for your clients, right? And it ebbs and flows, right? And I think every single time we find ourselves in those things that overextend, Mm -hmm. we are better able to position ourselves and to scope the work for the next time. I always teach in our five-day scope creep solution you know, we have to get into the habit, even though it's uncomfortable, of adding that 20% of time, 20% of price too, because we know, we know it's in us to go the extra mile and it's up to us to create that scope. So it never feels like scope creep, right? Like if right. we know, we just build it in from the beginning and you know what, if, if we get better and better at it and we save 20% of time, great kudos to us. But more times than not, we're going to end up going over because we long to serve deeper and better. Exactly. And I've had clients that ask for things that, you know, 
don't really make sense to me in the moment, but in the relationship that you formed with them, you're willing to do that because at the end of the day, that little bit of extra time, they has them coming back to you over and over. And I've had people say, I can't imagine doing my launch without you because you're like, you're in my brain, you're my person, you get it. And that's because you're, you're doing all of these other things, all these other things that I've mentioned, like you're invested in this project emotionally, you're wanting to go above and beyond for them. You care about them. You've developed a really great relationship with them along the way. And it just becomes an enjoyable client experience when you adopt these methods. One of the tactical things that I do add, all of these are soft skills, except, well, this is kind of a soft skill, but it's not really, but it is a tactical thing. But every day at the end of a launch, now I'm specifically working in launches, but this could be applied for any project. It is literally on my checklist to say, what else with a question mark? So what else at the end of this day one of a launch or day four of a launch, what else does this launch need to be successful, to take it next level, to catch something before it goes bad, right? So there's a proactiveness in this and it's on my checklist and my team has it on all of their checklists too. So I literally have a what else on my list. So, I love that. I think when we talked a while back, you said that you have that on a sticky note and it's... <laughs> I did, it's yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things that sets you apart, you know, and yeah. it's it's not hard to do that. It's a quick thought. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to take an action on it. You don't have to write anything down. It's just that constant thought mm-hmm. of yeah. what else can I do? What else? And those sometimes help you with the like angling for a better way part where I talked about earlier. Sometimes like you're not going to do it that moment, but the what else could be something for the next time or the next project or something to talk about at your next meeting with them or just a reach out to your client and, you know, notice something that they're doing. I mean, you know, just why, what else for one time was, you know, the day that they're really getting ready to make their offer to the audience. I added my, what else, like to give them a pep talk, to really tell them how much I believed in their program and that they're doing a great job. So it could be something as simple as a 30 second DM that I sent them, just encouraging them before they were about to be brave and go into a big sales mode. Like those are the little things that set you apart that I want a lot of people just get busy and they for, don't pause to do them. Yes, I want to add something right here. This is next level support. People come to me all the time. They want to make more, work less. They want to build a different kind of model of business. They want something different for themselves. And I fully and fundamentally deeply believe that retainer work is the best start to whatever comes next for you. And and your model may change over time. And you may stay a retainer-based business for a really long time and be extremely fulfilled. So I'm not saying that there has to be a change. I'm telling you that this is the foundation. And by doing things exactly like this, having that what else, when you just said that you prompt yourself during a launch, these are things that don't go on checklist, right? These are emotional intelligence. This is meeting your client as a human being and not a checklist. I know that we are great process people. I know that we are great systems people. I know that we are great launch managers. Every single person listening has the ability to do all of those things very, very well. The difference maker is that you then become a true partner Hallie becomes a partner because she reaches out to her client on launch day. She becomes a human. She becomes a beating heart who is saying, I know you're about to be really brave. I know that your revenue can be changed if we have a really connected conversation and I can encourage you. It's not on a checklist. 
these are, this is truly going beyond the checklist. You're right. When your client told you that, that's a perfect example of how this works. It's good. Uh, The last one is kind of a capsule of all of them and it's called just be a good human. (laughs) And I don't, I don't mean that we aren't good humans, but I, I just feel like we need to remember that we're interacting with other humans, right? So as a friend, you know, sometimes clients become friends. So, and and there's a fine line between, you know, like how much do you share and not share, but being a good human is just being concerned, communicating in a really positive, cooperative way, you know, just really just being nice and kind and supportive. And, you know, that thing that does, she's Hallie so nice. I mean, that's, you'll hear that from people because I'm just a kind human being to my clients. Right. And what's going on with their life. I'm excited for them or I'll wish them a happy birthday. I mean, those are things beyond just like, I'm going to sign in, work your account and leave. And it ties in a little bit with the empathy too, but it's just really the, about the connection with them as a human and um, being a genuine, nice person when you're working their account. I think that in general, really, we want our clients to be that way too, right? So mm-hmm. we're going to model for our clients how this relationship goes. And Absolutely. I feel like when I model it from that place, the client picks that up, right? So I saw a story one time that said a client got on a call and their cat walked across their screen and the client said, well, that's distracting. And that's not a client that would work well for us, right? So we're all humans and a cat's going to walk across the computer or, and we just need to respond to that in kind and kind of set the tone for how the relationship is going, that we are working for them, but we're also there with them alongside of them, right? So they see you, like you said, more as a partner than a subordinate. And I feel like that relationship, you get to set the tone for that right from the start. Yeah. And embrace the real, right? Like Mm -hmm. know that we're all fallible, know that we're all going to have good days, bad days. Mm -hmm. We're going to have mindset issues. And even though these clients, a lot of us, I know I've worked in a lot of clients' businesses where they were really role models and industry leaders. And Mm -hmm. that allowed me, unfortunately, to have some mindset issues. But Mm -hmm. the beauty is that they're real people. What I learned through all of those amazing clients is, oh, they have good days, bad days. They have mindset issues. They they have all the same things we do, right? They're human beings. Mm-hmm. From the very first time we ever interacted, I knew that we were really, really aligned and connected. Yeah. And through this conversation, I'm just seeing so much of that. Another one of my values, like we've hit on every single value today. So I, I mean, I know that we are probably the spirit animal connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but one of our values is positive intent, assuming positive intent. Mm-hmm. And I follow that up by, by saying that I believe that most people are good and try mm-hmm. to do good. You know, you can take the other angle and the world wants us to, which is, ah, people suck. Everything's so challenging. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's a choice. That is a choice. And I, I firmly believe that assuming positive intent and people want to be good, they also want to be supported by people with that exact same mentality. It doesn't mean that you need to cross any weird boundary if that's what I'm I'm just talking about being a good human, just like you are, Hallie. Yeah. And giving grace and, and being honest when, Hey, I, I was late on this. I'm working on it now. Like that's part of the being a good human thing too. Like we're going to establish this really great relationship human to human and we're going to honor each other and we're going to take this work seriously and we succeed when you succeed and I just find that I have really great relationships and but you know what else has shown me I know them immediately when they're not a good fit and that's something that all of us could always you know do a little bit better on all the time is 
noticing those red flags right away on some of the discovery calls and onboarding calls. And if you feel like these things aren't really possible with that person, you know, it's okay to not enter into a relationship with them professionally, right? Because sometimes they'll they'll knock it out of you, right? You're like, I'm trying to be a good human and they're making it really hard. And so, you know, there were signs ahead of time leading up into this, right? So I think where, you know, the hustle and hard work and all that, it pays off when you start getting these clients that you're in such a flow with that it, it ends up, this is where the workload's lighter, everything kind you know, you're making more money with the higher quality clients because you're providing such a, a stellar experience with them. They're willing to pay a little bit more for that because you don't nickel and dime them and the scope and you go the extra mile and you're connecting with them as a human and you're doing really, really good work on top of it. That's where you start to kick up to that next level of being able to charge a little bit more and have less clients and really be in the work that you love doing. Yeah, I love that. And it's also the key ingredient to a referral-based business Mm -hmm. because all of your best clients have friends that are very similar to them that are in in the same industry and probably doing something very similar in their business. Maybe not in the same industry, but, you know, delivering in a digital format, which allows us to be partners with other great people. So, Hallie, if this was so fun. Yeah. Would you just recap your couple points for the audience? Sure. So empathy is my superpower. Always angle for a better way to do something or a process with no ego involved in how it was done before. (laughs) Not afraid of hard work. Ownership for days. That is also an ego removal part. What else? Add that to your checklists or add that to some part in your schedule when you're working on your client and just be a good human. So awesome. Thank you so much for recapping that. I am so, so thankful that you took some time. I know that the audience is going to glean a lot from this and hopefully we attract the, the same kind of people that we are. And so we're, we're just reestablishing how important these traits that come natural to our audience, how they can, you know, show up better potentially even monetize them greater, see them for what they are, which is a differentiator in the way that they show up. As we're wrapping up, would you like to share where the audience can find Miss Hallie? Oh, sure. Well, you can follow me on Instagram at Virtual Matters. That's my handle. For anyone that's looking to fine tune their um, launch skills or community management skills or anything in that world, I do have a Facebook group called VA Launch Leaders Network. So you can join that community. We give tips and we go live all the time. There's some workshops in there as well. Or or you can just message me in, in Facebook and we can connect there. Awesome. Hallie, I appreciate everything that you're doing. And I know that you have been expanding also in your own business model to (laughs) training other people. And I'm so grateful that you share that with the audience because there are definitely so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.